welcome back, Balance Beamers. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, excited as always to bring you nothing and no one but the best. The best of the best in every single industry. Today, I have a previous trial lawyer who's turned networking expert, who is a dynamic speaker, who sits on prestigious boards, who is a philanthropist, who is a married woman doing her thing. Jennifer Lynn Robinson, welcome to The Balance Beam, Jen. How are you today? Absolutely. I mean, some days I feel a lot more sane than others. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I can totally relate to that. Well, you have a pretty dynamic background, Jen. You come from the legal system, which is very different. They don't necessarily network in the way that you teach people. So how do you balance that transition? That's a whole different side of your personality that has to come out. It is and it isn't. I mean, it's, you know, because I was in litigation, a lot of my job was actually about building relationships, building relationships with the opposing counsel and the clients and the judges and the court staff. You know, you're in front of the same people time after time. So, you know, the people that had it, you know, let's say easier and had a nicer time with their profession were the ones that were able to build those relationships and get along. You know, certainly you saw attorneys come in who would treat everybody rudely, clients, you know, judges, staff. You know, I'm more important than you. You know, why can't I go into my conference now? Why are you making me wait? You know, you really don't want to be that kind of person. Um, you know, first of all, there's that whole you get more bees with honey kind of argument. But then just for civility purposes, I think, you know, it's unpleasant to be like that. So you really learn a lot of people skills. And then doing a lot of hearings and trials and things of that nature, um, you really have to understand how to present yourself in front of a jury to be likable and have that trust and credibility factor so that people are going to hear what you're saying and hopefully, you know, side in your favor. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. That totally makes sense because I've been familiar. I've been familiar, not in the, the, I'm the criminal on the other side of the (laughs) the bench side, but from the child advocate side, being really familiar with the legal system and how people can just be very, stuck on themselves when they're wearing that authority hat. Um, And I have not been around a lot of lawyers who would necessarily fall into the the bees with honey category. Uh, Most of them have definitely been on the other end of coming in feeling really entitled, even with judges who were technically at at a different level. So you helping not only lawyers, but just people in general in various different industries, because you're not industry exclusive for teaching them how to network, right? No, no, I'm not industry exclusive, but, you know, clearly with my background, I do work with a number of attorneys Mm -hmm. and lots of other fields as well. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of attorneys you wouldn't exactly say have that, you know, mentality. And to be honest, I think at the beginning, I didn't either. I wouldn't say I was a rude person, but I would say, you know, as a young attorney who's trying to kind of make her mark, you know, you feel like you're going to make less concessions and, you know, no, I'm not going to give you the extra days for that motion. No, you know, and then you learn, well, you know, actually uh, six weeks from now, I have another case with this guy that I kept saying no to. And how did that work out for me? That didn't work out so good because now he doesn't want to cut me a break. So you learn really fast that, you know, the more accommodations and the nicer you can be and the more civil you can make the experience, the more it's going to help you, your client and your next case and your relationships. Um, but it's a learning curve. I don't think everybody starts out that way, and I didn't either. So, No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I'm curious, though, because you have a, a really interesting, um, tumultuous background from some experiences that you had that may have shaped you into being a more understanding person. I'm privy to that, but would you like to share what that story was and how it shaped you to becoming the dope entrepreneur that you are now? Sure. Yeah. So in 2008, I had a near-death accident. I was a pedestrian in Center City, Philadelphia, and I got hit and pinned underneath a truck. Um, And, you know, lucky to be alive, very blessed to be here. Um, But obviously a lot, you know, went through a lot for a number of years. Um, Still wouldn't say I'm 100%, but clearly significantly better off than I was for many years, Um, but had serious physical and mental injuries. Um, including a traumatic brain injury, um, which is probably the hardest thing to deal with because 
you know, for me, the reason I went to law school was to be in court. That's the part of it I really enjoyed, being in front of people, you know, being out of the office, you know, being in front of a jury, being in front of a hearing panel, all of that was why I went to law school. Well, after the accident, even fast forward from the ICU and the first round of surgeries and going back to work part-time, I was not allowed to do any of that. All of my doctors and therapists said, don't go back to work at all. You know, you can't handle it. You're not ready. You know, and I thought that if I got back into a semblance of a routine, even part-time, it would help me because I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, I just thought that if I was around the people that I really liked at my workplace and kind of back in that routine, that things would improve. And the reality is that they didn't. So I wasn't allowed to go back to court. And, you know, frankly, I got more and more depressed because my boss, you know, understandably, you know, I think it was the right decision, obviously, put me in a desk job at the time doing sort of paperwork, um, which made sense in light of what was going on, you know, with my, with myself, but, um, you know, sitting at a desk, ruffling through papers, talking to angry clients on the phone, that's not really what I had in mind as a law profession. And it just kind of brought me more down. And I think just, you know, more kind of on a larger scale, I think going through something like that, you're not the same person. You don't come out the same. Um, there's positive and negative that comes out of that. And, you know, at the time, I think what came out of that was, do I really want to be defending insurance companies with these cases? You know, is this how I want to leave my mark in life? Um, Nothing against, it was a nice job, nice company, you know, I was doing well, but um, the reality was, was no, I didn't want to be doing that. I just felt like I'd be given a I'd be given a second chance. And I wanted to take that opportunity to do something else where I thought I could have more of an impact that I was more passionate about. And that would make me happier. Because, you know, I felt you know, I guess, I guess what's interesting is looking back on the whole situation, because it's been a number of years, is that um, I can see the positive. Yeah. And for a long time, I couldn't. But I think if I really am um, real with myself, at the time that this accident happened, I was very much a zombie in my own life. I was going through the motions. I was not happy with a lot of things in my life. Um, I wouldn't say I was unhappy or depressed or anything like that. It was just very okay, well, this is how my job is, this is how this is in my life, and that is, and these relationships, and just kind of accepting, not yeah. trying to change it or make it better, improve, or learn, um, and I think this was kind of like the jolt that I needed to really see that there was a lot that was, that I could do that was special and different and would make my life better, make my relationships with friends and family better in a whole different way than it was before the accident. That is, that is freaking incredible. Seriously, that, there are so many things that could have went wrong in that time that could have prevented you from even looking at a positive, let alone changing your whole life. So I commend you. Yeah, I mean, I do want to say, you know, I mean, I've done interviews about this before, and I, I always want to add, you know, there was a dark time. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I had this accident, but I was so positive, and I just saw it was all wonderful that I survived. You know what? I know that there's a part of you that would think, wow, I would be like that. I would feel like, you know, I feel blessed and God saved Mm -hmm. me and this is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But no, I went through a very dark time and I went to a lot of therapy and I needed a lot of help to be what you see today. Um, For a long time, it was not the case. So I really want to put that out there because I don't want people to feel like if stuff happens in their life, it's this immediate, like, I should feel better about this Mm -hmm. or that I don't need help. I think that was a really hard for me. Like, I, I did get help right away, but the idea that I couldn't get my own life back together without all of this intervention was tough. You know, when you're somebody that's type A and you're used to being successful and 
getting good grades and getting the promotions, everything that happens to all of us in life. And then you need to basically say, I can't handle any of this. You know, I'm having outbursts at therapy and how many more people can help me to get back where I was? Um, you know, it's pretty humbling. It's hard. It's hard, especially at a young age. You know, it's hard. You don't expect to have that kind of intervention and need that kind of assistance. I mean, we're talking assistance like I'm not allowed to drive. Mm-hmm. I can't wash my own hair. I can't get dressed by myself. I mean, that's a lot to deal with. You know, it's it's a lot. So absolutely, yeah. it's a being an independent woman, let alone an independent woman in charge of so much responsibility at work. That's that speaks volumes. So I. I can't imagine what that was like. I don't want to imagine, quite frankly, because that right. that dark period is enough to make anyone feel saddened at the at the potential loss of losing those pieces of themselves that they worked so hard to find. But you hit a good yeah. point, Jen, because you mentioned that even in the midst of that, before all that was happening, you were kind of just living. And you were just going yeah. through the motions. And what that accident did, from what you said, what I got out of that was you realized that there was another level to your life there were there was more ways for you to impact there was more for you to learn about yourself uh, which is amazing because how many of us are just wandering accepting everything you know relationships friends just because we were friends for the last 10 years we're going to continue to be friends maybe we were never good friends (laughs) maybe you know maybe our season has passed but none neither one of us or all of us depending on how many people it was just haven't let go and you were thrust into a place in your life where now everything was exposed and everything was naked even the ugly parts and that was a blessing even though you can't you know see it in a moment that that is a blessing yeah, it is a blessing. I mean, not all of us kind of have that opportunity to reassess everything in our life, and mm-hmm. I definitely had that. So, you know, I see it at this point as a blessing, but, you know, at the time it was not something I saw in that way. Yeah, it's easier as a Monday morning quarterback, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So what about your husband, the infamous Walter, who was so kind to us when we were having some techie issues before we got started? Um, and I, I partially blame me because the rumor is I have so much energy going through my body that I mess up everything electric. So that's probably why that was happening. Totally me. I'm like the most non-technical person, but here we are. So thank God we got it together. <laughs> Which is super awesome. So how's he been handling this growth with you I mean you've gone from Esquire which you still are and I know you take pride in maintaining your license and everything that you put into that but taking that to a new level do you think you've kind of inspired him to step out of his Esquire-ness as well well soon after you know not immediately soon after but within a few years of the accident he actually made a decision to go back and get his MBA even though he's the lawyer also so you know actually you know I'm a procrastinator, but I would say he's way worse than me. And to watch him work full-time with a very demanding job and do his MBA full-time, I was super impressed. I don't think I could do it, frankly. Um, So, I, you know, I feel like it was great to watch him do that. And then once he graduated, he still kind of stayed in the same job and kept saying, well, I'm trying to figure it out. And, you know, I'm trying to look at entrepreneurial moves. And in the meantime, it was the same time I was starting my business and saying, why don't you take the leap? Look what I did. I left my whole career. He's like, well, we can't all be you. Somebody has to be stable. And I get it. I do get it. Believe me, I get it. I'm not making the money I was making as an attorney. And, you know, he has a much more kind of personality that's geared towards that, you know, 
we need benefits and we can't jump, jump, off, jump off a cliff. And, and I get that, you know, and, and I think that's why we're a good balance for each other. But now I see that, um, you know, he really is making some great moves. Um, hopefully I inspired him a little. I mean, he definitely helps me a lot because, you know, there's things that I'm very good at with what I do, but then there's other things like the finances and the operations where not only am I not good at it, I don't want to be, I don't even want to learn it. <laughs> and, and so thank God I have somebody like him, you know, to say, well, you need to do this. And why aren't you thinking about this? And, you know, you, we need a good accountant and, you know, all that kind of stuff that um, I may think about, but I just kind of want to put on the back burner because it's not where my strengths are. And let's face it, when it's something that's hard, we don't really want to deal with it. And I will say I don't always listen to him, but um, but I, I do hear him. And, you know, sometimes it takes me longer than others. And, you know, sometimes he's wrong. Let's face it. I mean, it's, you know, it is my business. And, you know, I have a different idea of where I want things to go maybe than he does. So I think sometimes what's interesting is he's much more about a bottom line. You know, you should be doing X, Y, Z because this was what make you more money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't really jive with what you think the business should be. So there's been times I said, you know, maybe that would make me more money, but no, I'm going to go this direction and hopefully that will grow into where I want it to go. It may take longer. I know I could do this other thing over here that you're talking about and I could have, you know, immediate success, but I don't really want to be doing that. And, you know, since I left a career mm -hmm. and did a different career now, I want to make sure that I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing and it's growing in the way I want it to grow. So there are times I turn around to him and say, sorry, I hear you what you're saying, but we're not going to go in that direction. I know, you know? that's right. Power to the woman. Yes. <laughs> I have to. On a personal level, mm -hmm. I mean, it was, uh, you know, from the time of the accident, we had just gotten married. We were married a year. And it was a very, very tough time for us, um, you know, personally, you know, in our relationship, um, you know, I think he was trying to be very helpful, but I think, you know, dealing with somebody who's just not themselves, you know, when you're used to having somebody entirely different that you're living with, and then having to be a caretaker, basically, um, in many ways, uh, that was really a struggle. And, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I mean, around the same period of time, you know, he lost both his parents as an only child. I lost my mother, and our mothers actually passed away the same week. So, I mean, it was a very dark time for our whole family, and, you know, we both had our own struggles, and, of course, people deal with things in different ways. So, I mean, it was, you know, there were times where it was very hard for us to really relate to each other because we were going through so, so much. But that's, that's real, Jen. Like, you went through probably the worst things that any person could go through in a simultaneous situation. Um, opposite of losing a, a child in addition to that, but obviously losing your parents is huge. That is huge. In the midst of losing yourself and trying to regain your strength, your energy, your functionality, the fact that your memory isn't behaving for you and with you the way you want to. Um, TBI, traumatic brain injury, is very serious. And people who have not been around it, who don't know someone personally, let alone have experienced it, have no idea of the significance of it. And then you're in a new marriage and a relationship right. just trying to, you know, jive and figure out your, your ebb and your flow that talk about trying to figure out your balance. You guys went through the worst thing you probably ever will. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's nothing we went through that makes us special or unique, but I think the way that we went through it very condensed you know, it's the kind of stuff that people go through in life. You know, you lose parents. You know, things happen. 
you know, tragedy happens. We're not the only ones. We're not special. But to go through it all in such a condensed time period made it very, very challenging. Absolutely. But it did make your marriage special. Because that's, I mean, literally, and not to say that you won't have rocky times, because we all do. Like, listen, my husband, love him to life. But there are plenty of times when I'm like, does this rock have another edge to it? Like, what is happening? Why am I getting scarred up and scraped so much? Am I the only one bleeding here? And we have an awesome marriage. But there's still all kinds of crazy that goes through. But the fact that you guys climb boulders together it does make a difference in terms of those other rocks that are inconvenient, scratchy, scrapey, annoying things. They don't, that doesn't have anything on which you've been through, which I think adds a sense of mental security to you at the end of the day. If you're having any kind of whatever that life may bring any couple, it definitely gives you something when you're in that space to think on it because sometimes we're so like, that we don't want (laughs) to... to go there like I don't care what you did yesterday I'm only mad today but you really do have that to lean on and say listen you know in the scheme of things as much as I would love to wrap my hands around your proverbial throats (laughs) I do recognize that you know yesterday last year seven years ago six years ago we went through something way deeper than this so we can take a pause breathe a little bit maybe walk away <laughs> into another room. You take the family room, I take the office, whatever, and come back to the house is what I do. Yeah. Right. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Through this. And I just leave. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to go. You just need to clear your head. That's right. I always say yeah. get a little selfish. It is nothing yeah. wrong with some selfish time. Sometimes that can be the best thing that you can do to keep your to use your words to be sane but also to add a little bit of emotional balance back to you. Because as women, being biased a little bit, we give so much at a level that only another woman who's in an intense relationship could understand. And that throws you off balance. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there are those moments where even though it's something little, you're at your breaking point. And it just takes that one more thing, you know, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I was, I tell my kids that they just lit the candle. They lit the, they lit the candle that's on top of the icing on top of the cake with whatever yeah. that little, <laughs> whatever that thing is. I'm, I'm all about that. So I have a question for you. It's kind of a businessy balance question, yeah. but I'm curious when it comes to like you, you're strategic in your networking, you're teaching people how to network. You're obviously finding yourself in all these, you know, precarious situations with which add to your toolbox of how to handle these situations. Um, but I'm curious about those people who know that you're a lawyer, probably because they read your bio or you told them and they met you at a networking event and now they're trying to get access to more information, but maybe dominate your time in a space when you're trying to network. And I know you did a Periscope recently about yeah. you know how to get out of those sticky situations, but for those who are not yet following you on Periscope, that was a hint, hint, balance beamers, who are not yet following Jennifer Lynn Robinson on Periscope, make sure you do at Are You Networked. Um, but, but for those who aren't, could you share a little bit about how you balance yourself, your time management in those situations by maneuvering the room, especially when you have someone pulling on your your old hat, so to speak. Yeah, I think, you know, whether it's the old hat or the new hat, you're always going to be at events where people monopolize your time. 
Sometimes it's people you really don't want to talk to. And sometimes it's like one of your best friends, you know, but the bottom line is networking events are different than a social event or a lunch or a coffee with your girlfriend. Even if you have very close friends that are at the event with you together, you really don't want to spend all your time talking to them because you've taken the time from your schedule for a reason to be at this targeted networking event. You've spent the money to attend. And, you know, even if it's a close friend, you can have coffee with them after the event, you know? So you really have to, you know, kind of the rule of thumb I give people is to try to not have conversations longer than five to 10 minutes at an event with somebody. Even if it's a wonderful conversation, you need to find a way to move on so that you can meet at least maybe three to five people at an open networking event. And how do you do that? You know, a couple things that I've said in the Periscope, which I'll say again here is sometimes it's best just to say something simple, like, excuse me, I'm gonna go get something to eat or I'm gonna go to the ladies room or something of that nature. Um, and then the caveat to that is, of course, make it seem like that's actually what you're going to do. What you don't want to do is say, excuse me while I go to the ladies' room, and then leave that conversation you want to get out of, and then go have another conversation so that when the person turns around, they think, well, she's a liar. She just wanted to get away from me. She said she was going to the ladies' room, and look at her talking to the guy across the room. And then how does that make you look? So just if you're going to give an excuse like that, whether it's an excuse or it's the reality, you want to go to the ladies' room or get something to eat. Make sure you follow through on that in advance so it doesn't make you look bad. Um, and then I think, you know, trying to use those kind of closers for conversations, like it's been so great talking to you. How would it be best to follow up? Or, you know, of course, we're both here to network. You know, I'm going to let you mingle or I don't want to monopolize your time. But, you know, I look forward to getting to know you more or following up or seeing you at the next networking event. Trying those kind of closers, you know, and of course, there's going to be the exceptions that that doesn't work with. And, you know, one of the things I would suggest is maybe introducing a third person to the conversation or just starting to move around the room with the person that you essentially can't get rid of and hoping that, you know, if you hit the food table or the auction table mm -hmm. or the bar with that person, you're going to meet other people and at least expand the circle of the conversation and not be stuck in a corner talking to that person. So those are just a few things that I would suggest. No, I'm glad. And I asked you that on purpose because one of the things that throws a lot of people off balance is they don't know how to say no, right? Yes. What do you think about yeah, that? I, think, um, I mean, just in business in general, yeah, I think, oh, saying, yeah, saying no, I can definitely speak a lot too. I think that's something that is a process and I'm not there, but I'm better than I was. I think um, we all, especially women, we tend to overextend ourselves and, you know, especially if somebody's offering us something that's sort of an honor, like, please sit on my board or please speak at an event or, you know, please help me with this because you're so good at it or whatever it is. There's a part of us that feels like, oh, that's so nice that they recognize that I should do this or they wanted me to, you know, be honored or whatever. And you don't really, you know, respond to it in the way that would be best for balance in your life. Um, so a good friend of mine, um, Sarah Canuso, I always quote her when I talk about this because she gave me probably the best advice as a business person, which is, Try your best in those situations not to give an immediate answer. Tell people, you know, thank you so much for thinking of me. May I please get back to you in whatever, 24 hours, 48 hours? Can I take the weekend to think about it? And then really look at your life, your calendar, your commitments, what's important to you, your passions, and see if it fits in. And if it doesn't, then you've thought about it and you can come back and say thanks but no thanks, essentially. Um, you know, because I think a lot of times there's that initial – you know, do I want to be recognized for XYZ and do your campaign? Of course, you know, and then we go home and we say, 
why did I get myself involved in something else when I'm already doing these 20 other things, you know, and I already don't have time to see my friends or sleep or go to the gym or whatever it is. So I think just, you know, taking that pause and then also just really stressing, especially in your free time, what you really want to be doing. You know, of course, we all have commitments and Mm -hmm. things, you know, family obligations, taking kids places, whatever it is in your life errands. But, you know, some of that time when you really have it to yourself, really think about I think volunteering is a great example of this for a long time I think even though I love to volunteer I think I got connected with some groups that I felt like my volunteer time was too much like work Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there frankly Mm -hmm. and I think you know if you're volunteering you of course want to give your 100% but you want to make sure you're doing something that you really want to be doing in your spare time you don't want your volunteer time to also feel like something you don't want to be doing. So there are things over the last couple of years I've dropped off of, even though I think the causes are super worthwhile and I'll still give to them financially because it's really not how I want to be spending my time. And you really need to think about that stuff because, you know, then we sit back and we think, you know, how did I get involved in all this stuff and how do I get myself out of it? And it's a lot easier to say no initially. Absolutely. And that that ties back to when people are circling the room and they're trying to get away from someone, not because they're toxic or they're bad, but because they're there for another purpose. When you are volunteering, you want to make sure that you're able to implement with your best self and not in a state of regret. You don't want to be at a networking event and feel regretful that you only spoke to two people when there were 40 other people that you wanted to at least shake a hand and potentially exchange contact information to set up that most important post group networking that one-to-one which is really important exactly and i think you know i'll give another example too i think that happens to a lot of people like i won't name the organization but a very successful worldwide networking organization i committed to that met weekly and i saw that i could not deal with the rules and rigidity of this particular group for my personality for myself so increasingly i felt like i was not giving a hundred percent and people were not getting to know me in the way that I wanted them to. And then I ended up having some medical problems where I had to not come to the meeting for maybe six or eight weeks. Mm. And after I saw my, how my life was without going and how much happier I was, you know, I thought, wow, I can't believe how much I was really dreading going to those meetings. So after that period of time where I saw how much better my life was without it, I quit, you know. And I think that was what was best for me in my life. You know, the the group works well for many types of people, but not me. And it's important to realize that about yourself. I know that's right. I can definitely hashtag that. The power of no. It, it, It really is empowering to be able to say no. So that when you say yes, it's a very confirmed, informed yes that you feel good about. And you don't sit there and you're juggling like, oh, I just added something, but I wanted him or her to just be quiet and, you know, leave it alone. Your time is precious. It's the most precious thing you have, especially if you're trying to be balanced, whether you are a business owner or producing business, an at-home mom, whatever your role is and your position that you play in this world, your time is the most valuable asset you have next to your health. So I'm with you on that all day. So what do you do when you want to go somewhere and you want to, you know, a good place to escape to so you can have maybe you and Walter together so you can have your own infused balance? What would be that favorite place that you would recommend other people visit if they have an opportunity anywhere in the world? So one of my favorite places to go is St. Michael's, Maryland, which is like kind of not far from Annapolis area. It's on the water. It's a small town. You know, we stay at this nice kind of resort spa when we go there. And essentially, there's not a whole lot to do, but that's what I love about it Mm -hmm. because my life is so 
you know, how many things can I get done in a day and where do I go to next? And it's a very slow pace. You know, you walk into town and there's little cafes and boutiques and people have their dogs and then you go back and it's like this nice little, you know, um, it is a resort, but it's kind of like old school. So they have like afternoon tea and your room kind of looks like it's almost from another century, which I love. And then you're in front of the water, you know, and it's just kind of a time to unwind and it's so beautiful and scenic. You know, and I find it really relaxing. It's only a couple hours away, which also makes it very nice because sometimes for a lot of us, it's hard to make those commitments to a big trip, you know, where you're going to be traveling for many hours or you're going to be in a different time zone or whatever it is. So this is only maybe two and a half, three hours away from where I live outside of Philadelphia. And, you know, it's a great, great place for us to get away and kind of just disconnect. That's super awesome. So tell everyone how they can connect with you, Jen. Sure. So um, you had mentioned on my new Periscope, which I'm still not doing like you're doing every day, but at least I got on. Um, I'm at RU Networked on Periscope and also on Twitter and also on Instagram. And then I have a website at PurposefulNetworking.com, which is about to relaunch, and it's going to be super fab. Right now, I would say it's not so fab, but it's going to be super fab, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, and then, you know, um, I guess you know, I wanted to also mention, um, I just started hosting a local TV show called Mainline Connect. Yes. So for those of you that are local to the, you know, Mainline region, you can see the show weekly on Verizon, can view the show. So I'm really excited about that. I give some networking tips and I interview local business people and it's lots of fun. That is super awesome. Jen, repeat that last sentence real quick for me where you said local on Verizon and Comcast because it faded the joys of Google Hangout. Yeah. Yeah, so basically if you're within the immediate area where I live, which is the mainline area in Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia, so kind of your Bellakinwood to Westchester, King of Prussia, that region, if you're a Verizon or a Comcast subscriber, you can view the show um, on channel 21 or 99 respectively. And if not, you know, there'll be that YouTube link where you can view it from anywhere in the world. Thank you. You are so awesome. Jennifer Lynn Robinson, everyone, walking on the balance beam with us today. Amazing, inspiring, informative, and definitely a go-to if you are in the industry looking for ways to network, trying to sharpen your network skills, get your teeth right, get your walk away right, get your walk on right, make sure that you're showing up and giving the right pitch. Jen talks about all of these things, not only on Mainline Connect, but definitely on at RU Network on Periscope, which I really love. I'm so grateful that she's on Periscope because as you know, I love Periscope. I'm kind of addicted to it just a little bit. And I love to watch her there. Awesome. Jennifer, you stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Balance Beamers, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow and get what you need from Jennifer Lynn Robinson. She is incredible. Underline, highlight, bold, pronunciate, incredible. She is amazing. So stay right there for more tools.